0: got to have faith You're listening to Faith at Work brought to you by lime Information oh. and healing for Lyme disease Now to our host Carl Grant Welcome to Faith at Work I'm Carl Grant here with Scott Reiser, founder and CEO of Yakabad. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Carl. It's great to chat with you again. Yeah, good to talk to you, Scott. So we like to start out these broadcasts by asking you about your work life. Tell us a little bit about your work at Yakabad and, and, uh, and how you got the company started and, and what you do in your job.
1: Yeah, so Yakbot is a uh, software plus services company. We built this enterprise social collaboration type platform, and uh, we use it to, to build apps uh, for underserved business processes in our customers. A lot of a lot of custom development, integration, deployment kind of stuff in our core business. But then we've used that platform to also spin off a couple more commodity-like products that are uh, much more software than services. So that that's the business. Um, we started back in, well, right before the dot-com bust, actually back in the late 2000, early 2001 and I, I started the business at that point and uh, a couple years later one of my mentors introduced me to uh, one of Scott Williamson's mentors and Scott had a, another business. I had customers with some consulting contracts and he had software but no customers and we put the two, two parts together back in around 2003 and that's the basis of Jakobot.
0: And it's a rather unique name you want to tell us about the genesis for that name
1: sure yeah yeah when i started uh back in uh you know late 2000s you you probably remember the whole dot com domain name land grab everybody was making up words i, I vaguely remember one where some guy had made up uh you know he used the persian word for surfer dude <laughs> it's his company name and uh-huh. none of that was very relevant to me so i i went uh, to his old testament hebrew and uh, yakabad means god's glory and oh, so, uh, wow. you know, we yeah, we used to say back in those days, it was kind of our anti-Enron device. It kept us uh-huh. thinking about something besides our own egos.
0: And did you have to do a lot of research to find that? Or is that something you just knew,
1: Scott? Uh, yeah, I did a little research and played with some other variants. But it just, uh, after much prayer, it kept coming back to that.
0: So I've known you, gosh, going back to probably when you were getting this company started. And I, yeah. I, know, I know you're a man of faith, and but I don't know how you came to faith. So tell us how you came to faith.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I grew up in small town, Ohio, Carl. And so I guess I was a cultural Christian when I was growing up. You know, I, I went to church every Sunday and, so, you know, Sunday school and probably the youth group on Wednesday nights, but I, I never knew Jesus back then. So, uh, you know, crazy, crazy story, right? But I went away to college and then got out into the work world. And I, I was pretty firmly entrenched at that point. What you'd You'd probably call Western consumerism. You know, I just needed more. I just needed an upgrade. And I, I was, you know, if I was drinking cheap beer in college, I moved to craft brew. You know, but and if I had a, you know, living in a, the college slums with five other guys in a, you know, broken-down house, well, I got an apartment, and then I was able to buy a townhouse. And I was basically doing everything that the world around me told me I should be doing to have a good time. And, uh, and yet I was getting emptier and emptier and emptier inside. And one day through a crazy set of circumstances, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we go into more detail at that at a different point, but kind of proof to me that God has a sense of humor. He used my own sin against me, you know, kind of in an attempt to justify what, well, I didn't recognize it as sin back then, but in an attempt to justify some of my behavior, I started reading the Bible every night. And uh, I started in, you know, book, book one, Genesis Genesis 1, and, and, and read it faithfully night after night after night, figuring by the time I was done, I could justify my own behavior. And instead, <laughs> I got to about the life of David and realized this God that I was reading about was too real, and, uh, and I had a decision to make. And so that's, and, and I did. I gave my life to Jesus at that point, and uh, the journey started from there.
0: Wow, so you you got convicted in the Old Testament, and but I take it you already knew the gospel message at that point.
1: Yeah, I had had friends try to tell me over the years. I just wasn't really in a place to listen. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to church sometimes. I'm okay. I'm good. You know, I treat people well. You know, blah blah blah. I just didn't. You know, the gospel didn't sink in. But once I started reading the Bible and God had my heart um, through that process, I started, you know, connecting with people and talking to people and r- really dug into the intellectual aspects of the faith. And and so I knew when I made a decision for faith, and and, and that's where the merger of these comes from, why the company name is what it is, because I'd already, you know, I knew I wasn't making a decision about my Sunday. Like, if it didn't work on Tuesday, I wasn't going to bother with Sunday. I'd done that for a good portion of my earlier life. So, so you know, I, I, I wanted it to be authentic. It needed to work on Tuesday. and So that's I came out of the gate with that, you know, well, if I'm going to give my life to Jesus, this better be part of what I do at work or part of what I do in my hobbies or part of what I do in my relationships. It's just got to work.
0: Now, were you were you checked out of church life at that point?
1: Yeah, I wasn't actually going to a church at that point. It was only a year or two into that journey that I actually started connecting with, uh, you know, with a church regularly.
0: So, Scott, how do you how do you integrate your work life? And besides the name of your company, obviously, but uh, how do you how do you do it on a day to day basis?
1: yeah that's a great question, and that that's been a journey in and of itself, Carl. you know back in the early days when when we first met, you know the kind of the tool I had in my toolkit at that point was you know being able to talk about you know, testimony, sharing what God has done uh, for me and and uh and yet we weren't trying to start a quote unquote Christian company, you know I wasn't trying to replicate a church, and so that early part of the journey really. Um, we were learning how to, you know, how do you do things in a way that they glorify God? And and he began to reveal stuff to us, and that, and of course, it was more than just integrity, that was table stakes. Um, and and, and then I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, he really brought me to an inflection point, kind of that divine conspiracy where he comes at you from all angles, and uh, and and I didn't have language for it at first, but I realized it was, you know, it was about more of his presence on an ongoing basis, and and I realized what he was saying finally was, I no longer call you servant, but friend. And then the journey became about, uh, it was time to stop doing stuff for him and time to start doing stuff with him, and that's been largely the journey recently, and then and and then then more recently, you know, the last few years. You know, well, if you're partnered with God, if you're doing stuff with Him, He's playing by a different set of rules. (laughs) His kingdom looks different than you know the worldly kingdom. So then you start asking that question: Well, what? How do we make our business look more like His kingdom every day? Uh, Are there things we're doing that are business best practices, but they aren't kingdom best practices because things work different in the kingdom. And that's really been the journey—just that ongoing process of praying into that day and seeking Him in it every day, and seeing what we learn.
0: Have you ever reached a crisis of faith along the journey where you've, you know, had a, a conflict and and you've had to
1: to work through that? Well, um, I wouldn't call it a crisis of faith. Um, we've had many points where we had to take a stand where we were going to choose whether we are going to do it a worldly way or whether we are going to trust God, even though the circumstances look like, you know, well, we're, you know, it was going to be a costly decision or we'd lose a customer or we'd lose a project or we, we, we outgrow office space and not have a new one to move into. You know, there were, there were lots of points along the way where we we had to make a decision to trust God. So, you know, when, when the answer wasn't obvious or, you know, when there was a temptation where we could have done the wrong thing that would have been clearly counter to God, but I, I wouldn't call it so much a crisis of faith as more a, a, a choice to move ahead and trust Him, even when you know to walk by faith and not by sight. If that makes sense.
0: Sure, sure. So, so one thing that the listeners should know about you is you're you're not a stuffy religious guy. I mean, you're 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 a cool guy. You're you're a singer in a rock band, and you're a, a biker and a, or a cyclist i should say a, a, oh. biker and a rock climber and a snowboarder T- tell us how that all fits together
1: well i'm glad you think i'm cool carl my my kids don't necessarily think so but <laughs> <laughs> none of us <ours>, never <laughs> but you, yeah you know the way that works <laughs> yeah i don't know i just i just love adventure and, and you know not crazy adventure like you know climb Mount Everest solo with no oxygen or something. I, you know, but achievable adventure, kind of at the edge of, you know, extraordinary things by ordinary people kind of thing. And so, I, you know, I just when I get into something, I get into it. So when I got into cycling, I, I got into it or, when when I got into into music and it's always been a dream, I just God finally kind of resurrected the dream and I had a chance to do music. I I really got into it. So, I don't know. I, and I would hope, hope your listeners would do that too. You you get passionate about something, you go explore it.
0: Well, the the band is called Cry for Mercy. Can they find it on uh, YouTube or where can they listen well, to you?
1: Well, the original band was Cry of Mercy, and then we morphed into Mile Nine, and we've still got some stuff up on. Uh, stuff up on facebook from mile nine band although we, we've been in hibernation for probably oh seven or eight years now it was all original modern christian rock and uh and it had kind of run its course and run a season we had an awesome time doing it we didn't play in churches we like played street festivals and even some bars and um but but it was a time and a season and i'd love to love to make music again but uh, at this point all you can do is check out the archives you know mile so- nine band
0: Yep. Sure, so so you're also a very committed person to your community. Your, your um, mm-hmm. business is downtown Frederick, you're involved in the Frederick Maryland community. Talk a little bit about your your call to serve your community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love Frederick and uh, and just such an awesome place. And, and you know, I can look back to my youth and see how God raised me up in small town, Ohio, coming here to Frederick. It just feels like a big version of what I grew up with, you know, like he was preparing me all the way back then. So um, we we made a decision. The company's been here since early 2000s. But my family made a decision about Two years ago, we actually moved. You know, we we all moved down here, so we not only work here but live here and can just plug that much deeper into the community. I really feel just like just like I feel like in the business, God has been saying, "Well, how, how do you?" How do you make it look more like his kingdom every day that, that he's put the same call on me and some others here on town for the community? How do we make the community look more like his kingdom every day? And can, can business have a, or an ecosystem of businesses have a role in that? And that's what we're pushing into.
0: So if you had one quick bit of advice for a young engineer coming into the work, workforce who wanted to you know, follow in your footsteps, what, what, would, you, what would you recommend?
1: Yeah, I could give you all sorts of business advice, but I'd tell you the most important thing is you start praying, man, because it's a big, hard thing, and, uh, and you need some help. <laughs> so uh, you get the praying part right, the, the rest of it will come.
0: And, and the reading of the Bible, is that something that you think is unique to an engineer, or is that something that you know your average business person could, could connect with the way you did? I, you know I don't know how many people actually pick up the Bible and do what you did
1: yeah yeah well, I did it even before I you know got into business, so uh, absolutely, if you, uh, you know you can, you know with a discerning heart, you can get some wisdom out of a lot of different places. Uh, I, I would suggest that, that of all places, the Bible, you could certainly get some wisdom that's applicable to, to your business right now, every day. There are things in there that you know th- th- that will absolutely um, help your business.
0: Well, thank you so much, Scott. We're coming to end here. I'm here with uh, Scott Reiser, and uh, would like to tell you to follow us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/slash FaithAtWorkRadio and find us there. You can subscribe to our podcast as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carl. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant,
1: brought to you by LimeRevive.org.